Stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. And uh, I want to talk about a couple of cases that Marsha Coyle um, over at the National Law Journal um, sort of identified. And I, I agree with her analysis. And there, that, that two textualists, Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Neil, Justice Neil Gorsuch, are both textualists and originalists, um, both sort of from the Western part of the country. Um, and 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 yet this term is is seeing some splits between them on the same statutes over textualist issues, and I th- I think she's flagged an interesting um, an interesting uh, joinder of two justices that we normally don't compare to each other. Um, we we often uh, you know take a look at at Thomas versus Roberts, for instance. Um, or or Kavanaugh um, versus Gorsuch, they're always paired, but I haven't seen this pairing and I do find it interesting. And I, I wanna talk about some of these cases, uh, Mark. One of them uh, is the ever, uh, inter- I find interesting, but also confusing area of Indian sovereign rights. The Indian nations had sovereignty um, from colonial times and that sovereignty can be exercised, but not in, in uh, not against, the Congress, the Congress gets to, to decide the size of that sovereignty, basically. But it still exists now, you know, say the 250 years after uh, our founding it still exists. And, um, and it often depends on statutes and history and things like that. But in Denizipity, the United States, Barrett and Gorsuch disagreed. Barrett was in the majority, 6-3. And what happened here is there was an assault and battery charge in the Ute Mountain, Mountain Ute tribe. And um, Zippy had, um, had been found, had been prosecuted and found not guilty um, or, or had avoid, avoided conviction uh, in the federal charge, but he was convicted by the tribal court. Now, was there one? There was one Ute involved here, or were there two Utes two involved Utes, here? Right, exactly. As Jim Fisher might I, say, exactly. So um, the question is, well, was this double jeopardy? And that was a long-standing Supreme Court case. That's Gorsuch. I don't think he Gorsuch already hates this Supreme Court case. He's already said it's well, wrongly decided. If there were two Utes, it wouldn't be double jeopardy. But if it's no, the same, it would not. It would not. There the would be two different times by different uh, <laughs> same sovereign, different. Uh, but, but what happened is, so there's assault and battery, and uh, this was really a test case because he, he, I think he, he was ready to settle out this case, but they wanted to, to do this because Gorsuch has said that the idea that states, states have their own sovereignty. So let's say you, um, state, you, you um, violate the state securities law and you violate with the same act, you sell the same security fraudulently. And the SEC is also after you. 
so that you could have a fraud claim under New York law and you could have um, a fraud claim by the Justice Department. And both of them are allowed to prosecute you separately. And we saw this a lot in the Trump area, like Trump gets uh, one federal thing can't happen to him. So in New York, the New York legislature passed a law whereby, and this was pre-Trump, that you couldn't, they wouldn't follow the Supreme Court case. If, if you got, if you got uh, off in your prosecution in the federal cases, New York wouldn't follow you. So there is a double jeopardy. The states can say, we're not going to do, do that. We're not going to allow this to happen. But the Supreme Court says it's okay. If the feds want to go after you for the same act and the um, state wants to go after you for the same act, it's a different crime. So the question is, is does that apply to the Indian tribes? And Barrett says, yes, it does. Um, the, the Ute, Mountain Ute tribe, you exercised its unique sovereign authority in adopting the tribal ordinance. Congress exercised the United States sovereign power in enacting the federal criminal statute. The two laws defined by separate sovereigns therefore prescribe separate offenses. Because Dinzippi's second prosecution did not place him in jeopardy again, quote, for the same offense, that's what the Constitution says, that prosecution did not violate the double jeopardy clause. So define two laws defined by separate sovereigns. Um, the same offense. And this, what is the same offense is the, is the crux of a lot of these cases. And, um, and Dinzippi had said that, no, the prosecutors in the Indian courts are subject to control of the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So he's being prosecuted by the United States, not by the Indians. That's, that's his story. Um, and uh, she says, nope, just because this is the mechanism used, it's actually the tribe doing it. In, in effect. Um, but Gorsuch looks at the same language and he says, first, the prosecution, he says that dual sovereignty doctrine applies only when two requirements are met. And by the way, he doesn't like this. He, he's, you got to understand, he already doesn't like this uh, as the dual sovereignty. First, the two prosecutions. In, in, in other words, he, in other words, he thinks that it ought to be double jeopardy and that the states and the feds shouldn't be able to prosecute the person for the, the same, same act yeah that's what yeah, he same thinks. act yeah first the two prosecutions must be brought under the law of quote two sovereigns second the two prosecution prosecuting entities must derive the power to punish from wholly independent sources here neither condition is satisfied and um and what's interesting here is that gorsuch believed this so strongly that a number of indian tribes and indian scholars had submitted amicus briefs on behalf, on behalf of the United States second pro- prosecution and not on Denzippi, uh, Denisby. So uh, the, the, I think the weight of Indian opinion was that, look, we, this is our mechanism. We don't want uh, to be left naked if the federal government doesn't prosecute assault and battery crimes. Um, so uh, Gorsuch lost, but he, he, he even went against Indian sovereignty in this instance um, because he thought that this it, that, 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 that clause uh, should be interpreted differently. And then he's also in dissent in two other cases. Barrett gets the majority in both cases, in Patel v. Garland and Babcock v. Kazi. Um, in Patel, Barrett led a 5-4 majority rule that the federal courts cannot review the factual findings underlying discretionary proceedings to deny relief from removal of a non-citizen who illegally entered the United States. And th- this was a federal immigration law claim. And uh, Congress has very strongly said, courts stay out of it. 
this is our bailiwick. And Gorsuch with Breyer and Sotomayor and Kagan said, no, we're not looking at the dictionary, <laughs> which is kind of an odd thing for a textualist. And they said, look at the key priv- provision and, and the surrounding provisions. And, you know, they want courts to review these if they're clearly erroneous. Um, I think Barrett got the better of that. I think the dictionary definition of, um, uh, of you know, what, what it means uh, to review, what, what, the, what the level of review is, no, the factual findings shall be adopted, I think it said, is, uh, is pretty clear. Um, and let me see what else I have. Uh, oh, Babcock. And the last one is Babcock, again, Barrett and the majority. The case concerned the retirement benefits due under the Social Security Act for retired military technician dual status. And so this was David Babcock was a guy who um, he, he was required by his job to maintain membership in the National Guard. And he challenged the reduction of his Social Security benefits because of his civil service pension payments. He argued he fell under an exception to the reductions for payment based, quote, wholly on service as a member of a uniformed service. Barrett, with Gorsuch in lone dissent, wrote the exception does not apply. Dictionary once played, a, again, played a role. <coughs> because he says, what does that mean solely for military um, service? And she said he was a civilian all the time, even though he was in the National Guard. He was a civilian actor. And Gorsuch said, hey, look, I have some trepidation with this, but it has to be. The guy had to be in the Guard. That's military service. And he, he said, what is their understanding? What is the guardsman's understanding of a dual status technician? It's a guy who's in the guard. He's in uniform, subject to guard discipline. So how could he not be in military service? And he, he says the reasonable understanding of the National Guard itself should apply, which I think I have to say in each of these cases, I think Barrett's right, because um, it can't be, in a, as a textualist matter, the understanding of the National Guard it has to be the understanding of the ordinary person reading it, doesn't it, Mark? Um, yes, I would say so. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to use. I, I don't think that Gorsuch is being a good originalist here. I think he's kind of being uh, he's being compassionate, is what he's being. I mean, he 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 wanted to help out the immigrant. He wanted to help out the uh, the the National Guardsman. Who I, I mean, I think it's outrageous that this guy had to be in the National Guard. I mean, you have to do all kinds of things. You have to take time out. You have to, there's, you, you are under some military discipline. Um, and, and to, and to then have your benefits taken away and, and, you know, because you were in a civilian type job. Well, yeah, I suppose they needed, they need technicians to do these civilian type jobs, but they, they still got to listen to the sergeant, you know? So, right, right. so I, I think that, um, if we were in just a, uh, a situation where um, judges had discretion to just do what's right, regardless of what the words say, maybe people would like those outcomes, but that's not how the law gets made. And that's Congress can't write laws expecting the judiciary to just um, ignore what they said. So I think Gorsuch is going off the reservation. And I have his, have you read his book, Mark, a uh, matter of interpretation? Um, what is it? Uh, uh, yeah, that uh, that's Scalia, which I have read. I have not yeah, read Gorsuch's. No, it, it's um, a, a, a republic if you can keep it. 
And, um, you know, he's so saying how what a strict textural he is, but I, I think particularly the lone descent and Babcock, he's going off the reservation a little, and they have to go Kavanaugh on him. Welcome back to Administrative Static. Uh, John and I have not uh, have not talked about the assassination attempt on Justice Brett Kavanaugh yet, and we thought that we might broach that topic today. I guess I can't be too critical of of the rest of the media for uh, downplaying this incident when we haven't talked about it previously, John. But but I do think that that the that if this were if the if the shoe were on the other foot, if this were a right wing person showing up at the uh you know at the the door of say uh justice uh not yet hasn't even taken the bench yet but justice jackson or uh, justice sotomayor or justice kagan i just think that the media reaction would have been wholly different than what we have seen here and i really think it's inexcusable on the part of mainstream media to downplay this incident this is someone this isn't a, a threat on twitter this isn't uh, some you know, D-list uh, person with a severed head of, of Donald Trump. This is a would-be assassin with a knife and a gun and zip ties outside the home where the justice was. And burglary sleeping, tools. And burglary tools with his wife and his kids there. I mean, this is, this is about as close to an assassination attempt as, as you could get with uh, you know, without, uh, you know, without being in immediate proximity of, of the would-be victim. And, you know, I, I just don't understand why this, I mean, the New York Times, I think this wasn't even page one news. This was, you know, this was buried, the Washington Post as well. I don't understand why this isn't a bigger deal. And, I, and, and let me just say, uh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't paid as much attention to this story, John, as as maybe uh, as maybe you have, or maybe others have. So maybe you maybe you want to weigh in on this uh, in a different way. But this sure seems to me connected to the leak uh, in Dobbs, and it uh, absolutely is because if the Dobbs leak hadn't happened, he he read about the Dobbs leak. That's one of the reasons. That's pretty funny. He comes with a gun from California, of all places. And he's also mad about that they might change the Second Amendment. But is the yeah Dobbs right? Really but he comes with a gun because he he's mad somebody's going to change the Second Amendment. Except, yeah, exactly. he, except he, his fear is that they would be changing the Second Amendment in a way that would make it easier to get guns. He's upset yes. about that, yes. and yet yes. he has a gun. I just that, that doesn't make sense to me at all. But no, uh, but, uh, but anyway, I, I I just think that they're the people who were encouraging the Dobbs. This is exactly what people thought could happen when the Dobbs leak occurred. This was why you and I and, 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 you know, thousands of other people thought that that was such a big deal because people who are not right in the head are going to react to something like that in a way that puts lives in physical jeopardy. And that, and in, now, in fact, it has now happened. 
And I don't know. I mean, look, they were able to bury the story of Steve Scalise getting uh, almost killed on the on the baseball diamond uh, here in D.C. as well. So the main mainstream media is, is is able to turn its head away from anything if it wants to. But the fact that this was not something that was uh, nonstop, 24 seven coverage and the fact that they haven't pulled the protesters away from Justice Kavanaugh's house to me, they not even for a week have they pulled them away to me is astounding. Well, especially that Merrick Garland is a D.C. judge and and. You know, there's a couple of streams that are crossing here for me, Mark. You know, there just last year. Don't let your streams cross, John. Yeah, exactly. A New Jersey, a New Jersey federal district court judge. She, she uh, a guy. That's came a Ghostbusters to house. reference for for people. Yeah, exactly. A guy came to a house and shot her son, right? And yeah, yeah. She, she's been on TV saying how you have got to protect the judges because it's not just them; it is their families. And I lost my and and she's. She has no, she, she's not a Republican or a Democrat or anything. And um, yet all this institutionalism we talk about, now we got to save the institutions. And yet somebody leaked this opinion. The media then hyped this opinion as the worst thing that's ever happened on earth. And that, you know, somehow everything is being traduced and we have to stop it through any means necessary. And then this guy comes out and tries to stop it by any means necessary. And it strikes me. That yeah, there were marshals out there, but he it, it from from news reports he called his sister to tell her what he was doing, and she was like, "Hey, don't do that. Uh, you got to turn yourself in. You've had suicidal thoughts. You've had these thoughts. Um, you gotta you gotta get help to call nine one one." And she had him call nine one one. But you know, not everybody has a sister. That there are other people out there, and and um, the, all the people who say the institution you know has to be has to be protected. Then the Senate unanimously, with uh, Senator Coons and Senator Corn pushing it through, unanimously um, bolstered Supreme Court uh, federal judges' protections. And then it sat in the House with people Nancy like Pelosi uh, held it up. A, 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 yep, and AOC. And, and then and then when Pelosi, when the heat got too much, and I think the Biden administration didn't want to hear about it anymore, and and uh, they they. Passed it in the House, but there were still like 30 or 40 uh, of the AOC types who said, no, we're not going to pass this. I mean, that is outrageous. You've got to defend the judges. You've got to protect uh, people who are in danger, oftentimes from your own, um, you know, from your own actions and and words. Um, So I hope Kavanaugh um, stays safe and all the justices uh, in the minority or the majority that this is not how... We don't go around having assassinations to to fix uh, political problems. That's that's third world stuff. That's um, you know I, I was around well, and, and 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 we have a you know we have a hearing going on on Capitol Hill right now about the incidents of January sixth, and people were all up in arms about the fact that there was a gallows that was constructed on the grounds and that they were going to hang Mike Pence and so forth. And uh, you know I maybe that's true. I don't know if that's true or not. But I understand why people are upset and want to investigate that. But this was somebody actually outside of the justice's house with a gun and a knife and zip ties and burglary tools. There's not much investigation necessary to determine the fact that this person had to come all the way from California, John. This person had determined to make an assassination attempt on a justice of the Supreme Court that deserves every bit as much investigation and attention uh, as the you know, as the threat on uh, on as the purported threat on Vice President Pence. 
Yeah, and I, I think that I well, I think they were running through the halls chanting "Hang Mike Pence." So I, but but I do think that uh, this it shows politics that, and it shouldn't have these politics because I got to tell you, if you're in Congress, you can't have your your deliberations disrupted by that. And if you're in the Supreme Court, you can't have your deliberations disrupted by people coming to kill you. I mean, it's it's nuts. There's no there is no system where this is okay if it happens to the other guy. No, right. no system. That's right. That's it, can't, right. it can't work. That we can't it, we can't have it work. And I have to say, there it was a heartening sign. The Senate was a heartening sign because you know, we get on a lot of these, these senators, but it was unanimous that, that, that included the Senator from Rhode Island, who we are often um, somewhat uh, annoyed with. Uh, they all got together. They all saw the necessity of this. So I don't, I don't want to say everything. And they are the ones who, and they are the ones who deal with judges all the time with confirmation hearings and so forth. So that is a good I, sign. I agree with uh, you. It is, it is a good sign. They did it quickly. They moved, the Senate moved quickly. I don't think I'm going to say that again. Uh, <laughs> So there is some good news out there, but I think that the whole, and, and I had a discussion, uh, I was at my uh, reunion, Hamilton College, uh, with a, a journalist who's uh, moderately famous. I'm not going to mention him, though, because uh, it's a private conversation. But he says, why can't the, the Supreme Court leak Congress and the presidency do? I think it, I think you're too much into the Supreme Court business, Vecchioni. And I'm like, wait a second. You got to have deliberations in secret for, for um, people to to come to the right conclusions. You can't have it to be uh, some sort of performance art in, in front of everyone. I mean, even look at congressional hearings since they televised them. Um, but uh, I, I will say that. So, so I do think that um, it's, it was bad to leak it. And now we're seeing consequences that if you and I had said this two months ago, Mark, people would say we were crazy. Oh, this will lead to someone attacking a Supreme court justice and, 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 People would call us, uh, you know, inflammatory, right? And then right, it's happened. Right. It's happened. And as for the news, you know, the Post kind of covered it as a local story. That they they covered it as like this happened to our guy in Maryland, <laughs> not not like this is a Supreme Court justice. And I, and that's the narrative, obviously, because the narrative is that there's all these right wingers out there who are going to kill everybody, and uh, they're doing it because they hate democracy. And so if they if they can do that. And it's Sotomayor or someone, oh, it's it's every day. The drumbeat starts. But uh, for James Hodgkins, who is the fellow who sh- shot up all the congressional Republicans and meant to kill a lot more, um, you know, his name is he's, he disappears. You're not going to hear about him uh, because it doesn't it doesn't support the narrative. And, and that is a shame because you cannot have uh, the, the idea that it's it's OK for violence by one side and we're going to cover up that violence because, you know, we don't think it's a big problem. But this other side, we're going to we're going to cover 24 hours uh, a day. Um, and and so, there's another uh, there's another piece of this, John. I think you're absolutely right about the, the equal treatment problem here. Uh, but there's a reason why it was Justice Kavanaugh's house. And I criticize him on this program. Uh, you know, you you kid me about it. And yeah. and I have disagreed with him uh, intellectually uh, and and. Uh, juridically about a few different a few different things, most prominently uh, his take on the nationwide eviction moratorium the first time around. But this kind of reaction to a judicial decision is is completely unacceptable and outrageous. But there's a reason why it was Justice Kavanaugh's house and not Justice Barrett's 
house and not Justice Gorsuch's house and not Justice Alito's house, who, after all, is the author of the draft opinion. And it's because the left-wing media has deliberately made an effort to demonize Justice Kavanaugh. They did it during his confirmation hearings. They've continued to scurrilously attack his reputation based on nothing. And, uh, and by doing that, they have planted the seed in the unstable minds of people like this would-be assassin that Justice Kavanaugh is in some way illegitimate or that there's something wrong with, with, his, uh, with his tenure on the Supreme Court bench. And that is not the case. He is, he is perfectly legitimate justice. He's doing the best that he can. I'm not always going to agree with him, but I'm glad that the U.S. Marshals were there to, to save his life. And I'm glad that, his, that this person's sister was there to stop him from doing something truly tragic. Uh, but the, left, the, the, the mainstream media in this country needs to get to the program and treat both sides as though these things are a problem and not just one side.